0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by PASA Sustainable Agriculture. Register to attend PASA's 31st Annual Conference by January 28th at pasafarming.org slash conference.
2: Hello, welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Koteyama, food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, and nezakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Mathieu Gelpion, the marketing manager and the brand ambassador of Nami, the first sake brewery in Mexico. Japanese sake has been produced outside Japan in recent years, and it is very exciting to see that there is a sake brewery in Mexico, which is a home of excellent beer and spirits such as tequila and mezcal. Nami is not just the first sake brewery in Mexico, their products have proved to be outstanding. For example, the International Sake Challenge, Sake Challenge, which is an annual event held in Tokyo to recognize the best sake in the world, has awarded the gold, silver, and bronze prizes to Nami's sake. So today we'll discuss how Nami was born, how the old Mexican team found a mentor to make premium sake in Mexico, the unique terroir of Mexico, and how to pair sake with Mexican flavors, and much, much more. But quickly, before we start, Japan needs is available on the Heritage Reader Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japan Needs. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's start a conversation with Machu Gelpio. Hello, Machu. Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you very much, Hariko. How are you?
2: Very good. Very good. So... <sighs> Just to get to know you first, where are you from, and what did you eat when you grew up?
3: Well, I'm from France. I, I born in Paris, but I grew up in Normandy. And My father gave me the habit of cooking, eating, and enjoying food. Mainly French food, I have to recognize, but also Italian, Thai, Chinese, African cuisine. becomes uh, like a daily ritual for me from very early. So it's it's very important in my family and uh, imagine that uh, each dinner we get together. I have two sisters and one brother, but uh, we spend at least two hours at the table. So uh, and it's very interesting because one day my father had decided to sell our summer house, but in a change, he offered us to go to a restaurant every Saturday. As a result, mm. my brother becomes a chef, yes, wow. my, my brother is a chef, and I become a sommelier. <laughs>
2: That's a perfect French family story. And now you're in Mexico, (laughs) that makes it even more interesting, right? And uh, so before you joined NAMI, um, you had built an impressive career in the beverage industry. So could you tell us about your previous um, jobs and why you became uh, NAMI's marketing manager and a brand ambassador?
3: Yes, of course. Look, I, I studied in, in the Bordeaux Business School with the opportunity to have a university change with a Mexican school. So I decided to stay after the the time exchange. And uh, the truth is that I fell in love with a Mexican girl. So uh, <laughs> she, she is my current wife. <laughs> and uh, yes, it's... a. It's a nice adventure, but at first I worked as a as a sommelier in different restaurants in and wine bars in Mexico City. Uh, wine wasn't a very common drink for people for Mexican people twenty years ago. Uh, drinking wine was like a, a new trend for consumers, and they wanted to know more about it. So I became a brand ambassador for different wine brands from. Chile, Spain, California as well. Uh, never French wines. I don't know why, but... <laughs>
1: That's interesting.
3: <laughs> yes. At, at that moment, Mexican wine industry grew up and I became the brand ambassador for a Mexican winery in Baja California. I, I really enjoy being part of the Mexican wine transformation is to a better quality because uh, we can say that uh, nowadays... Mexican wine uh, have grew up a lot and, uh, and the quality is, is quite better. Mm. So after this uh, period, after this season in, uh, into the, the wine industry, I decided to uh, go to work into the Scotch industry, uh, the, the Scotch, uh, Scotch whisky industry with the giant Diageo, And it's iconic brand, Johnny Walker. Mm. Uh, And for 10 years, I learned everything about whiskey. Wow. And I take a a strong decision. um, Last year, I decided to change my job because I want to expand my horizons and keep learning about the drink category.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, So, so far you covered wine and uh, whiskey and now Sake, so you're probably covering the most um, pilot experience (laughs) I can think of, (laughs) right? Yes. Right, so so could you tell us uh, how the concept of NAMI was born and uh, who the founders are?
3: Uh, It's very interesting because the concept comes with uh, some Mexican entrepreneurs uh, from their passion for Japanese culture and the commitment to change the narrative of Kuliakan sinaloa, sinaloa around the world. Uh, you know that in Culiacan, we have a, a lot of bad notice, so it's very interesting how uh, they could change the, um, the narrative. And, uh, and, and they saw that uh, sake doesn't have an appellation of origin. So they, they saw a great opportunity to be the first and only one to produce Mexican sake and demonstrate the high quality of Mexican craftsmanship. Uh, and to be honest, the funders have always shown a low profile because they want, uh, they want their hero of the story always be uh, Nami on, on the sake, on, on the region of Culiacan, Sinaloa.
2: Mm. Yeah, I noticed that. I did a lot of research and I couldn't find the names. <laughs> only Alberto and Santiago. That's the only thing I, yes, I heard. So I really respect. That's kind of a Japanese style. You know, you stay quiet and then you show the products and people come. That's kind of very Japanese exactly. mindset. <laughs> right. And so, um, so you, you know, but uh, they, you know, 100% Mexican um, team, and decided. Yes. So do you know what the, the inspirations were? Then they decided to make sake brewery, not wine or not anything else. Do you know why they decided to go into sake?
3: Yes. It's it's, it's about the, the passion uh, for Japanese culture and, and the Japanese gastronomy. They They're really... Are fascinated by the the, the the Japanese tradition, the craftsmanship you have, and the tradition you you, you can uh, find in the in the Japanese society. So um, they felt in love with uh, Japanese tradition, and uh, that's why they decide to uh, to go to the to, to, to the sake category. And I think. Uh, they discovered that sake is a great uh, drink to pair with food. Not only Japanese food, but I think, I, I, I know them, and I I, uh, I know that they really love uh, food, every every kind of food, not only Japanese. Uh, indeed, they like uh, Mexican food. And it's incredible how sake really... Enhance the flavors you can have in any kind of, of food, no?
1: Great mm, variety of,
3: of dishes, yes.
2: Right, by hearing your words, you know, there's a really achieved sommelier and uh, whiskey is expert. I <laughs> mean, it's convincing. Yes. Sake is very versatile. Um, so you just mentioned that, you know, the, uh, the Nami is located in uh, Kuyakan. Uh, yes. Which is a northwestern Mexico. So where exactly? What kind of uh, um, where is in in Mexico? Uh, your name is. Can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah, the brewery is located at, at the heart of the city of Culiacan in, in the Sinaloa state. You you can come to to visit us very very easily. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, every everybody can can visit our brewery. And it's uh, it's uh, downtown in, in the city, so so it's like uh old house and uh, we have and we do everything there.
2: Mm. Right. So the it's uh, the largest city is uh Sinaloa, or C- Sinaloa sorry, Sinaloa, and then it's yeah. northern western Mexico. So is that a high elevation or low elevation or I mean does Mexico is very Diverse, right, geographically.
3: Yes, I, I think the most important of the of the state is the um, is the culture of uh, of sea gastronomy. You have um, you have the sea of the Pacific Ocean at uh, one hour of the city of Culiacan. So a uh, lot of people. Who live in in Culiacan go uh, during the weekend at uh, at the sea and uh, they love to eat uh, seafood. You know? mm. So I think it's very interesting to to visit Culiacan uh, for this. Mm.
2: Right. So okay. And uh, so Nami means wave in Japanese, right? So uh, what's the origin of the name Nami for the brewery? <laughs>
3: the wave is the perfect symbol of, of the blend of two different cultures from each side of, of the Pacific Ocean, the Japanese and, and the Mexican. Mm. Um, uh, Nami is, is a sake that respects the Japanese traditional craft with Mexican hearts. It's it's like our our philosophy.
2: Mm, right. And uh, I heard this is interesting, that you Brewers have closely worked with uh, the brewmaster of a traditional Japanese sake brewery in Japan. So how did they find him and uh, what is his role at NAMI?
3: Ah, It's very interesting. It it was quite a long way to find the right partner to help us to reach our goal of crafting sake in Mexico, uh, far away from Japan. So uh, after an exhaustive search, we found... Uh, Mr. Munetaka Nakashima uh, He is the commercial and expansion leader of Nakashima Sake Brewery. It's a small family. Uh, it's a small family sake shop with more than 300 years of history in the Gifu Prefecture of Japan. Mr. Munetaka became a, our mentor in the art of the traditional sake process. And uh, he helped the, the selection of purchase of the equipment of machinery from Japan that uh, we currently own. So without Munetaka, mm. sake uh, won't exist. It, it's uh, very important. And yeah. he also helped counter Japanese Toji, uh, mm. sake master Yamada-san, who helped us define Nami's profile and personality but we spent 2 years in total before we boiled our first uh, bottle of sake mm. so yes it was it was quite quite difficult but uh, we did it
2: right well that's amazing right because uh, you know the founders alberto and santiago they uh, they decided they have to really go to the source of the traditional yes. knowledge so it's just, but how? <laughs> I know the extensive search sounds like hard, but how the users looked up, like googled, uh, or I don't know. How, how did did they exactly find that one person, uh, Mr. Munetaka, in Gifu uh, Prefecture? That's kind of sounds very random.
3: Yes, it's uh, it was a long search because. Um, <laughs> I can say that uh, very few Japanese really uh, believe in uh, in the project so we have to to go to Japan we we had to go to Japan to explain the project and uh, and find one only person that uh, that believed in, in the project but uh, I can say mm-hmm. that uh, Mm, 12, 30 um, brewers in Japan didn't uh, answer to, to, to our request before, uh, right. before Senor Munetaka.
2: Mm, wow, that's amazing. So, well, uh, so sounds like you did uh, research, maybe Google, and then you actually contacted one by one to find the person to <laughs> agree to work with you. So
3: something like that. Yes. Right.
2: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I think um, well Japanese sake breweries have a lot of issues right the industry itself is declining, but yeah, it's a really admire Mr. Monetaka, how open-minded he is. Okay. so yes. uh, so what is the philosophy of sake production at Nami?
3: Our philosophy is to, to blend the love for perfection uh, and the artisan quality of Japan with the passion, warmth, and, and joy of, of the Mexican heart. Uh, I don't know if you have seen the, um, the label of the, of, of the Nami bottles, but our signature logo shows shows a, a pre-Hispanic virgule a symbol used to represent the concept of speech and expression of ideas, which is carefully blended with the Japanese kanji for Nami. So I I think this logo shows perfectly the the philosophy of uh, the Mexican heart and the Japanese tradition.
2: Right, there are really beautiful labels. So I will have to look into that, the kanji (laughs) connected part. And uh, okay, so, right. Um, So it sounds like it's a people think of Mexican, Japanese, they are not really connected, but the spirit of making Korean products, like probably. I would imagine like somebody really devoted uh, their lives making perfect mezcal or tequila. That kind of mindset is in sake making at Nami, right?
3: Yes, I, I think the craftsmanship, no, in in boss culture is is, is is very strong, and and you have a lot of craftsmanship in in Mexican industry. You have very um, nice product. Um, Produced by the the Mexican craftsmanship, and, and we know that uh, Japanese culture is about tradition, is about craftsmanship too. So so we have this uh, this DNA in both culture. That's very interesting because yes, we have uh, uh, fifty thousand kilometers between the Mexican coast and the Japanese um country but but uh, we have uh, uh, the same craftsmanship philosophy <laughs> it's mm. very interesting.
2: Right. And Matthew, you know French craftsmanship and uh, Scotch whiskey craftsmanship, so, and so he say you were saying you endorse it, so it sounds like it's really seriously real. So, all right, so we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll discuss how the unique environment of Mexico can produce Nami's award-winning sake. So
1: please stay with us. This episode is brought to you by PASA Sustainable Agriculture. For 30 years, PASA's conference has served as a springboard for transformative food system change. PASA's 2022 conference features more than 30 virtual and 90 in-person sessions on farming and food systems, covering topics that include building community food webs, keeping seeds to preserve cultural traditions, protecting local watersheds, as well as production methods and business skills for food producers of all levels. Keynote speakers include Soulfire Farms Leah Peniman, author of Farming While Black, Sarah Mock, author of Farm and Other Efforts, and Jessica Gordon Nemhard, author of Collective Courage: a history of African American Cooperative Economic Thought and Practice. PASA's virtual pre-conference takes place January 4th through 28th. Register any time to attend live or get recordings. You can also join PASA in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on February 10th through 12th for its in-person main conference. Comprehensive COVID safety measures will be in place. Learn more and register at pasafarming.org conference. That's P-A-S-A farming.org conference. Welcome back. You are listening to Japan it's.
2: I'm your host, Akiko Taema, and my guest today is Machu Gelpionk. The marketing manager and brand ambassador of Nami, the first sake brewery in Mexico. So, how do you describe the style of Nami sake? Do you call it the traditional, or modern, or something else?
3: Uh, definitely, I think it's more modern, a modern style. And um, I, I like to say that uh, Nami sake is easy to drink. Uh, very aromatic and fresh with notes of tropical fruits. Uh, It's quite floral, uh, inclusively. We we especially take care of the balance of flavors. So it's not a a sweet sake, it's not a a dry sake, neither. And and it's perfect to serve with a large variety of dishes and different flavors, Uh, not only Japanese. Uh, Mexican cuisine is is really really incredible to pair with uh, with Nami. So, yes, uh, I think it's more it's more modern than traditional.
2: Mm. All right. So let's get into the uh, actual products. So, um, so you have three types of sake: uh, Junmai, Ginjo, and Daiginjo, which are based on how much the rice grains are milled down. So, could you go through the characteristics of each sake?
3: Yes, uh, all of the namisake are, are junmai, but we have different uh, polishing rates uh, between uh, each uh, each of them. So we have so, the namisake,
2: uh, right. So for listeners who are not, not familiar with it, just junmai. Junmai means um, just pure uh, the ingredients are just rice and water and koji, and then some yeast and other things without uh, added alcohol which Croward, is sometimes yes. Um, yes. added to kind of for different reasons, like my naked minder or different reasons. So, some whole another episode, but all right. <laughs> so, Jun is really um, interesting to enjoy the pure taste of rice itself. All right. So, sorry, I interrupted you. No,
3: that's perfect. Uh, so, so, we have the the, the first level is uh, Nami junmai, Mai, and um, it's uh, 55% of uh, rice polishing. It's quite sweeter than the other ones and easy to identify for its very fruity notes like apple and pear. I think. I, I, I like very much its full body richness and, uh, and it has a, lo- a long aftertaste. So the first and less uh, rice polishing we have in the family, in the Nami family, no, it's a 55%. Uh, after that, we have the Namijo Mai Ginger with uh, 50% of polishing rate. Um, it, it, it's more about uh, tropical notes. I find it more exotic, maybe, with peach and um, pineapple. And the acidity is more, is more apparent in, um, in our Nami Mai Ginger. Uh, it's more apparent along with uh, lactic and cereal long finish. And then finally we had the Namida ginger. It is the more complex of the family. Uh, you can find white flowers, for example, at the first noise. Uh, I have found phenol on anise, aroma, fruitiness, and a very, very elegant aftertaste. After so mm. it's it's more delicate, but it's uh, it's complex at the same time.
2: Right. So the same rice you said, jama is fifty-five percent of grain remaining. So forty-five percent milled down, and then uh, Ginjo was fifty percent. So what's the ginger milling rate?
3: Forty percent.
2: Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's very fine. <laughs> <So, laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. And uh, so how do you describe the terroir of clear can? Um, It's just very exciting, a different sake. It sounds like you have very fruit forward and brown flavors in your sake. So the clear can terroir must be doing something special to your sake.
3: Yes, and, and you know that uh, for uh, a wine and whiskey expert, the question of, of the terror is uh, is interesting and very important. No? But uh, I, I like to tell that story because when Yamada-san uh, came at the first time, he didn't believe that the environment would be the right for the right growth of the koji. Uh, but surprise! <laughs> Our koji were even more than in another brewery of Japan, so it's a, it's a great story because uh, it's it's, it's uh, uh, the hazard on the on how the the things uh, happen. Uh, however, to me, the real expression of the terroir is our people, the Mexican herds. The secret to Namibia. Distinctive taste comes from the Koji process, uh, best known as the heart of the sake brewing process. It's believed that those who enter the room where the rice rests for three days should be in a state of peace and good mood, uh, right minded intentions, and speaking positive words for the rice to absorb the good energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so the taste of sake is uh, is quite related to uh, this moment of the process of the rice the rice may absorb negative energy that might shift the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it comes to nami, uh, it's the dedication of of, of Mexican craftsmen who define this process by. Transmitting their passion and joy, you know. For me, as a French Mexican, are incredible because uh, they are happy every time. <laughs> uh, they like to sing, they like to uh, to sunrise. It's, it's 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 an incredible culture, but I think it's part of the taste and the flavor of the namsaque.
2: Mm, right. So basically, uh, Mr. Yamada, who is uh, the brewmaster in a Japanese 300-year-old brewery brewmaster, comes to Mexico and uh, he teaches your brewery team, right, to actually make traditional style of sake. And then that's the culture of people who creates a happy, upward ambience to make the sake happy. Is that right?
3: Exactly. Yam- Yamada-san is a, the mentor on, on the uh, the strengths that uh, mm. improves the, the the team, the Mexican team, uh, the current Mexican team in 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 Nami in Culiacan. So yes, yes,
2: it's very, right.
3: it was a very important uh, help for us.
2: Mm. I'm curious. Does Yamada-san speak uh, English or Spanish?
3: English. Yes.
2: Okay. Amazing.
3: Yeah,
2: English. yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, most people say, uh, some people say wine is made in the vineyard. Uh, when it comes to sake, I think uh, everybody says that Toji, the brewmaster's um, influence is much bigger. So, I really believe the ambience in the Mexican brewery really contributes to a great quality of sake. So, okay. And so, how suitable is the water? At Nami for sake production.
3: Oh, uh, it's, it's a great it's a great question because uh, so we didn't have a spring water in Cuyahman, like you can find in Japan. No? So so we had to find a special treat to replicate the quality we need for the best sake. Uh, we look for low mineral. Filler, and the only way to get the right density of our water is through two different techniques. The first one uh, is with uh, osm filtration, and the other is by reverse osmosis. So uh, not so easy because we had to find the right way and the right water through the techniques and the technology, but I think we, we did it very well, and now the, the water we, we have um, works perfectly with the kind of sake we, we want to.
2: Mm, right, so Mexican water tend to be hard, so we have to filter it first and then use uh, reverse osmosis technology to make it even more suitable. Sounds like a lot of work.
3: Yes, right. yes, it was, and and Yamada helped uh, us to uh, to find this uh, kind of water us, But yes, we we did it.
2: Mm, right, and then uh, where did you get your rice? I mean, where do you get rice from? Was it hard to find the right right one? Because I don't think Mexican farms grow a lot of rice in Mexico. You're right. right.
3: You're right. The rice is a very important part of the quality of of the sake. So we we choose to use only the best Japanese rice variety. None of the golden rice for sake producing. I'm sure you, you know it very well. It's Yamada Nishiki. And uh, we get it from the Isabel Farm in Minnesota.
0: Ooh, yeah. to,
3: yes, you know them. <laughs> <No>. um.
2: <laughs> yeah, Isabel Farm is. Yeah, when, uh, his family came to um, uh, a show so last year. Right. So the um, so the Nishiki is called uh, the king of rice. It's really totally uh, most ideal type of rice to make the fermentation easier and then get the flavor out and all those interesting things so wow a good choice from isabel farm they are devoted <laughs>
3: an expensive choice but uh, necessary to produce the best quality we want to mm. uh, what is very interesting is that we are now experimenting with yamana nishiki and start to cultivate it at, at morelos it's a Mexican state at, at the south of the of the country, Morelos, and, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's a traditional geographic location for rice production, but for the first time, it's growing a Japanese sake variety. It's a it's a great project, but uh,
1: mm-hmm.
3: well, well, we are very optimistic about the quality results, but uh, we. we we mm-hmm. we are not uh, using the the Mexican rice for now, but uh, maybe soon.
2: Mm, okay. So, by the way, our listeners were curious about uh, the Isabel farm, which makes Japanese sake rice in America. Uh, it's on episode 244. That was uh, in November last year. So, okay. So... Yeah. Um, since now you make great sake, but how much is Japanese uh, sake known among Mexican people? And what is the level of their knowledge of Japanese sake?
3: We have so much to do now. Mexican people still believe that sake is a hard liquor. They <laughs> see it, yes, uh, it's true, they, they see it more than a spirit, and, uh, or distilled, more than uh, fermented, like wine. So. Uh, I, I want to show them that uh, you can drink sake not a, not only at a Japanese restaurant, no? because they, they believe that uh, um, they drink sake only at Japanese restaurant. Mainly, um, um, they think that if the only match with uh, with food, with Japanese food, and uh, they think. Uh, that uh, you have to serve the sake in a traditional serve, like, you know, Choco. You know, they're doing sake as a shot. And uh, I think we have a a lot to change about Mm. the the way they're doing sake in Mexico. But uh, it's it's a long time. It's... uh, it's what uh, what we want in Nami to, to change about the Mexican culture of sake.
2: Right. Well. So right now, uh, is it hard to find Japanese sake at the retail stores in Mexico? Uh,
3: yes, it's not uh, it's not so so easy. You have some, but uh, it's not uh, not very common.
2: Mm, right. Well, I think uh, in America. Uh, we came a long way to find at least a couple sake brands at almost any liquor shops in uh, New York City. But thankfully, I think uh, the internet, Instagram, all those things promoting uh, the knowledge of sake. So hopefully you can get to more easy place to sell sake. I'm
3: sure, yes.
2: Right. So Manachi, what is your strategy to promote understanding Japanese sake among Mexican people?
3: Well, Mexican people are, are very curious. Uh, they like to try a new way of, of uh, culinary experience. We create an experience platform to enjoy sake with a wide variety of food, not only Japanese, but also Mexican food, Thai, European, etc. For example, uh, we partner with Mexican chefs to create pairing menus with uh, sake in their restaurants. We are, we are very proud to be present in the best restaurant in Mexico, such as Puyol, Quintonil, Contramar, or Nicos. Maybe people that uh, know the, the restaurants of the Mexico City uh, can... Uh, uh, recognize, no, uh, uh, those names because Puyol Quintani are very, very good restaurants. Mm. And to to the other hand, we work with influencers to showcase how is the perfect serve of of, of Nami. So our, our sake is best served chilled in a wine glass rather than in a traditional choco. Uh, you can find the aromatic freshness and fruitiness of Nami. In a wine glass, not in a in a, a chocolate. So that's the best way to taste uh, nami, no? Mm. So that, that's true example of the strategy we use to promote the sake drinking in Mexican market.
2: Right? Yeah, I personally agree. Uh, wine glasses they have more room to expand the flavor, and you can see the color and the swirl. And this so, um, I think it's uh, expanded. Um, the richer experience, uh, I like, um, you know, like middle sized, uh, wine glass to, to use yes. sake. Yeah. Yes. Although uh, there's so many beautiful sake, uh, Ochoco vessels that's a tiny little cup, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to try sake with the wine glasses. Um, exactly. yeah. And I think it's an approach, right? Cause, um, like Japanese sake, um, tend to be served at the restaurant with the more traditional style, but you can just have a bottle of sake. You can just drink um, like wine every day. And once you open sake, you can still keep it much longer than wine. So it's a nice style. It's a good introductory way to enjoy sake. Just get a bottle of wine, bottle of Nami, and keep it in the fridge. You can just, whatever you want, you can just open and. enjoy like for a couple weeks at least I think so anyway, so um how do you for example uh what's the best pairings like you know I'm very curious how actually Mexican food like uh how do you pair your junmai ginjo and daiginjo each one of them if you have to pick a dish Mexican dish for each each sake what would you recommend
3: uh, it's uh, uh, it's very interesting uh, sake to 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 pair with uh, because uh, it it's less acidic and astringent profile versus wine so it's uh, ideal to to pair with food including flavors that are very complex to pair with wine. Um, for example, tomatoes not easy to pair with wine, but with sake it's incredible. Cheese, uh, I'm French, you know, so I love cheese, but cheese is not that easy to pair with uh, with wines. Um, so I think it's better inclusively to pair cheese with uh, with sake than than with uh, with wine. Maybe white wine, but with uh, red wine, it's very difficult to pair cheese. So um, you can pair with seafood, vegetables. No, There are examples of, of, of it. I've worked very closely with the best chefs in Mexico, and they are very surprised about the right range of, of sake to harmonize with the traditional Mexican cuisine. I give you some example, uh Chile I don't know if if you know of this uh, very special dish. Um little bit sweet but uh, not so chili, but with a, a wide range of, of flavors, meat, fruit, uh, cheese. So it's it's complex, it's a complex dish. Uh, mm. With chiles en nogada, chiles oh, okay. en nogada, uh-huh, okay. chiles en nogada. It's hmm. it's very current to eat chiles en nogada during the September because uh, it's a national national day of uh, for Mexican. So it's a it's a very traditional dish, chiles en nogada. Mm. You can uh, try uh, to pair sake with tamales. Another traditional dish for for, for for Mexican people, of course with uh, ceviches. Uh, imagine ceviches with uh, exotic and tropical fruit like mango. Uh, it's incredible with uh, our sake junmai. Uh, the uh, agua chile, I think it's uh, it's more the harmony with the sake chumai ginjo or, um, or with quesadillas with the mm. cheese of the tortilla uh, within the tortilla uh, very simple to 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 make but it's uh, it's very nice with, uh, with with nami so you have a wide range of of dishes of mexican traditional um gastronomy to pair with uh, with Nami or on with sake.
2: Mm, right, it's interesting that you mentioned that it's hard to cheese uh pair cheese and wine because um the wine's amazing and I'm personally a big fan of wines, but uh tannins mm. in red wine and uh you know there's a specific acidity from grapes in white wine, they are pretty picky, but rice uh, rice is more forgiving, right? The sake is my flavor really doesn't say no to almost anything, so I almost never failed pairing sake with food because even I can pair anything with sake yeah. and food.
3: It's true that sake has uh, five times more umami than uh, than wine, so you know the umami is a, a great way to enhance the the flavor of the uh of the food it's, uh, it's 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 interesting i i think i really think i could call that uh, sake the best liquid to pair with food
2: mm, right yeah that's a great interesting point because i heard umami is by itself uh, the savory taste but uh, its nature has also a uh, really interesting capability to reduce The excess bitterness and acidity also enhance sweet and sweetness and saltiness, so it's like a cheerleader of other flavors, and uh, that's why I think sake is more forgiving in pairing food. And um, yeah, and I'm curious. So the spiciness in Mexican food, which is really a big charm of Mexican food, does that go well with the Japanese sake?
3: I think it's uh, it could be difficult mm, the spiciness when it's very hot. I think it's not the best way to pair with uh, with sake. Uh, it's better to to drink a, a beer maybe or Coca Cola. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but right. you know the, the Mexican traditional food is not uh, so. Sp- so spicy I, I am I'm a French palate so I I, uh, I can't stand the very hot uh, spicy food but uh, a lot of dishes are not so much spicy I think the 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 greatness of the Mexican cuisine is, is that it's not so uh, so hard with the spicy with the mm. spiciness so uh, I think you're right,
2: because once uh, one food goes out of the country, the one specific aspect can be exaggerated. Like people think Italian people are eating a lot of garlic, but that's not true. They have just slight um, flavor of garlic in in pasta and other dishes. But uh, when it comes to America, it's like a lot more garlic, for example. So so Mexican food uh, is not as spicy as I would think. And uh, it's a good segue, though, actually, that you also produce a rice-based lager beer called the Haiku. So, could you tell us about that?
3: Ah, uh, yes, Haiku is the first rice Mexican lager. It's uh, it's uh, now filtered and pasteurized uh, beer. It's it's very refreshing, medium body beer. Uh, we decided to create Haiku to keep innovating with the Japanese tradition. And on uh, Mexican heart and give another option for high-end Mexican chefs and restaurants. Uh, uh, chefs really love it. Uh, it's it's also a perfect match with uh, Japanese food. So uh, mm. it's uh, a yeah, it's a it's, uh, it's a very good alternative for uh, people that they really don't like sake. But uh. mm.
2: I've never <laughs> tried a rice lager, so. Hopefully, I get a chance to taste it sometime. So come, yeah, export to New York have and. To.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Hi, <laughs>
2: right. okay. So, um, what are your plans and dreams at Nami?
3: Um, the plan and the dream is to become the most recognized premium sake brewed outside Japan. <laughs> we are the first Mexican traditional sake. And the philosophy is to keep innovating and promote Mexican talent all over the world. So uh, that's uh, that. The next way we 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 want to uh, um, to to go with uh, with Nami. The next step is taking sake to the U.S. and Japanese markets. We already have spoken with few retailers, and uh, they are very interested to get our sake and promote it. Uh, and maybe also we are looking forward to tasting the quality of Mexican and nishiki rice grown in the Morelos estate. So mm.
2: that,
3: uh, the next steps uh, of the objective and, and, and the outcome we want to for, for MAMI.
2: I, well, that's exciting. So, well, keep me posted. So, where can we find you and Nami's information online and on social media?
3: We have uh, the web, the web page, Nami, namisake.com. So, you can visit uh, the page. You have all the information you you need about our sake. And uh, you can find it in the Instagram we uh, as Nami underscore sake and uh, on Facebook as well. Awesome,
2: great. All right, so well, good luck, and thank you so much for joining us today, Matthew.
3: No, thank you to you for the for the interview and uh, and uh, try uh, the Nami sake very soon. I Enjoy hope to it. see.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hope to see you at uh, the the brewery.
3: Of course, you're, you're invited when you want.
2: <laughs> thank you. So listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at org or akikwatem.com. Japan is a weekly program and always available at org as well as on iTunes, Stitch and Spotify as a podcast. Our engineer is Armen Spenjan and thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Japanese is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization, driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.